Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. This episode is brought to you by The Complete Footballer. The Complete Footballer was created to help young players excel in all aspects of the game. With Division I college experience, strength and conditioning certifications, nutrition certifications, coaching experience, and more, their coaches are able to provide the best for their players. Training sessions consist of injury prevention and strength exercises, speed and agility, first touch, awareness, ball control, and more. Everything you need to take your game to the next level. They can also provide nutrition tips and recovery recommendations. If you mention Just for Keeps, you can get 15% off your training package when you sign up. You can find more about them at thecompletefootballer1.com. That's thecompletefootballer and the number one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hawkman. Joining me this week is former Penn State women's lacrosse goalie, Maddie Cunningham. Cunningham, excuse me. Thanks for coming on, Maddie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So, you know, let's, well, I'll kick us off with, with my first question, which is when did you know that you wanted to become a goalkeeper and, and, and what drew you to the position? Cool. Yeah. Um, so originally I grew up playing softball, um, played second base and right field and all that. And then, you know, my friends got me into lacrosse and it was kind of like the typical goalkeeper, goalkeeper story, you know, um, nobody wanted to do it. So I was like, I'll do it. And then I ended up falling in love with the position. You know, I didn't play goalie full time, I would say until high school. So I played about three years of yeah, goalie and attack, which ended up benefiting me. Um, but yeah, just kind of got into it because nobody else wanted to do it and then fell in love with it. Was there something in particular that drew you to the position other than the fact that nobody else was really doing it? Um, I don't I don't know that anything drew me to the position. I mean, it's always nice, like, you know, it's a field sport when you don't have to run as much as the other oh, team, yeah. as the rest of the team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it was just – it's kind of cool you could you could definitely make a huge impact on the game and I really liked the idea of that and really liked the idea of kind of you know being able to be uh the hero of the game at, at a young age you know that's that's what you you look for but you know it's definitely tough when you're also the zero of the game you know you know how that is when your mistakes end up on the scoreboard <laughs> oh it's a big old zero to hero back to zero position but um growing up growing up in Florida it's it's such a in you know from from my perspective it's such a sports centric state there's so many fantastic pro franchises power 5 schools even incredible high school programs it's 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 a loaded question but what was your athletic upbringing like as well you already mentioned softball yeah so i played softball um you know the t-ball softball and to travel softball you know, all summer long, that, that type of thing, which is, you know, pretty common in, in Florida and places like Texas also where your sport is year round. Um, but I also did basically any sport I could get myself into. I'd, I'd learn it and, you know, try and get good at it and everything. I, I did a little bit of track, a little bit of flag football, um, tried my hand at basketball, wasn't great at it, but, you know, I, I did it and, you know, it was fun. Um, did a little bit of mixed martial arts, some archery. I mean, just any, you know, golf, any and every sport I could get into, you know, I did because sports 
down in South Florida are, are year round, you know, so you're able to, you know, be outside all the time, which is amazing. Um, but I also went to one of the top athletic high schools in the country. Um, I don't know if you've heard St. Thomas Aquinas. I haven't. Yeah. So they're, um, they're known for their football prospects. Um, have you heard of like the Bosa brothers from Ohio state? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So there, I went to, I was in, uh, in school with, with, them. Nick Bosa was in our graduating class. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool to see classmates. We have classmates in the Olympics right now, you know, on the sailing team and things like that. So it's really cool to see the standard that's like set there and that's just kind of the environment and that's, you know, what you grow up with and the expectations are, you know, elite athletes just getting bred out of South Florida. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 you mentioned it. It's one of the, it's a unique situation. It's, and especially if it's true for, you know, most of the Southern States, cause you guys don't have, you know, the winter season where it, where, it, you know, snow covers the playing field or, or you're out of commission for three or four months at a time. You have that ability to be able to train and play year round. And in, you know, to your second point, I was wondering, you know, what that does for your mentality, because you see all these guys and, and girls that you're classmates with that are making it to the NFL, that are making it to the Olympics. How does that does that hinder your your mental? Um, what's the word? Does that what does that do to your your mental development at all? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely like it can get it get really easy to get discouraged you know when you see like oh my god Nick Bosa just got drafted like you know so-and-so is going to the Olympics did you see so-and-so won an NCAA championship I mean it can be really like discouraging but it's also really cool and really amazing just to see all these athletes that you know you grew up with just like achieving so much and it's you know, I think it's just a testament to the environment down there and to the coaches and into the sports atmosphere. It's just like, you know, you grow up with you, this is the expectation. You know, you're going at the highest level possible because that's just how it's always been. That's just what's expected out of you, you know. So I think it's I never really thought I never really thought I wouldn't go to the highest level of sports growing up you know like when I was playing softball I was like I really want to play in the NCAA so that was kind of from the start was you know I gotta get D1 I gotta get to the highest level I can get because everyone else around me is doing that and that's just you know I want to be in it you kind of led me into my next question which is if it's broad one but it, and it's a point we'll get to later in the podcast as well but what inspiration was there for you to ultimately end up choosing lacrosse you know over softball I mean from a professional standpoint especially around the time that you and I were graduating high school there was if my research if my very swift research is correct there was only one pro lacrosse women's lacrosse league out there it might it, it you know it might not have been lacrosse but what were some of you some of your or, or who were some of your professional role models yeah I mean it's it's definitely tough with lacrosse because it's you know it's so new just as a national sport it, east coast it's you know born and bred and you know and in the northeast it's just lacrosse 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 but in the non-traditional areas it's it's not as big which means the sport's not as big uh, but it's getting there um I, I would say my 
you know, for lacrosse, my role models were um, probably like Devin Wells. She was amazing. Uh, USA goalie, just so super active. And, you know, for, for women's goalkeeping, probably until high school, it was the standard to just kind of stay in net and make some saves and, you know, do the bare minimum of what like the position requires of you today. But, um, you know, she kind of changed the game there with being super active out of the goal, part of the defense, being the, you know, eighth defender. And that was really cool for me to see. And that, that kind of influenced a lot of the way that I played. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say, I would say Devin Wells, but there, you know, there weren't a ton of, I guess, professional role models. I kind of always looked up to my dad. Um, he played in college, he played baseball in college. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then, um, you know, some very softball players that I, I, I can't even remember their names now, but, um, you know, just kind of, yeah. The only professional softball player I know by name, and it's admittedly because I had a massive crush on her, was Jenny Finch. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yep, I, yeah. Jenny Finch, I think she was playing when we were younger, I think. Um, but I'm like trying to think of their names now, but I, I can't. But anyway. Um, yeah, Jenny, so if Jenny, if you're listening, I, 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 uh, I love you. Um, <laughs> but back to lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, what was the point in your career where you realized or you told yourself, okay, now, now I'm committed to lacrosse and I'm going to dedicate all my time and energy outside of academics to lacrosse? Yeah. So um, I think it was like my probably eighth grade year when, or I think it was like seventh grade, but whatever it was, it was in middle school. And, you know, my dad came up to me and he's like, hey, like, you're, you're really good at both of these sports. You know, you're playing up for softball because uh, I played with the high school with the high school girls I was like U15 at the time um, I played U15 and he was like you know over this next year you got to make a decision you know you're either going to have to play up at the high school level which you know I wasn't quite there yet but I I could have managed um, he's like or you can play lacrosse full time and I was like well I think I think I'm better at lacrosse so let's do that so I did that and then uh, I got into travel ball. Someone got me into travel ball. Um, and she was like, you know, you're really good. Let's get you into travel. And I was like, okay, cool. And so we did. And then I just, from that point on, I was like, I'm good at this. And, you know, I, I think I can take this pretty far, and, you know, not to be like cocky or anything, but like, do it know, up. I could, I could recognize that like, you know, I was pretty good for the South Florida level and, you know, I could stand out here. Um, so I would say that's probably when I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's every tournament, as many camps and clinics as I can go to, let me get out there. Let me get better. You know, that kind of grind that you do when you're younger and, you know, all the doors are open and everything. Um, I was kind of doing that. And then, uh, Probably from there, I took about two or three years for me to get, like, really super noticed um, by, like, college coaches and things like that. And then, you know, I was getting looked at by a couple different schools. Um, and then ultimately, Penn State reached out. I took a visit on their campus, 
drove up on this super stormy, rainy, northeastern kind of night where just it was just gloomy and windy and rainy and gross. And I remember the best just coming coming around the corner. And I don't know if you've ever been to Penn State, but the stadium is massive, right? So we're coming around the corner and, and the Nittany Lion is just lit up on the stadium. And I just look at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is the place. I have to go here. I don't know why, but this place is like home. Um, so that was like probably, I would say my freshman summer of college, I took that visit. They offered me, um, got a fantastic offer uh, for full ride. And then, you know, that was, that was that I was in love. And about a week after that visit, I, I committed and, you know, was super happy and it was, it was really awesome. I'm just going to say, you know, if there's, if there's ever a time to brag about yourself, now is the time. Um, <laughs> so feel no shame, but backing up a little bit, I, I feel like, especially for a lot of the younger goalies out there, when, when they're looking at the position or just starting out with the position, it's just, it's really easy to not enjoy it because A, you, you know, you're standing around for a large duration of the game and B, to be letting in multiple goals a game. And lacrosse is, is just one of those rare sports where a goal, as a goalie where you're probably going to let up five, six, seven plus goals a game, which is, it's a unique mental battle for a younger athlete. And I'm just curious how you embraced or overcame that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough. And, and with kids now, um, you know, obviously when you coach, you try and teach things that you wish you were coached um, at, but growing up, I think my dad was a big part of, you know, my mental game. Um, and just kind of like, for me, it was really understanding that like, yes, it is a hero or a zero position where like, my mistakes are going to be on the scoreboard. But once I kind of, and I don't think I realized it till college, <laughs> believe it or not, but once I realized, Hey, you know, like there has to be, you know, for a lacrosse game, there has to be like 10 or 11 people who, who mess up before you know you mess up and then your mistake ends up on the scoreboard but you know 10 people before you made a mistake and that collective group of mistakes is is the goal you know it's not because I messed up it's because you know there's a ton of other people that also messed up and that's kind of a big thing that I I stress with with the kids now is just like you know you kind of have to like distance yourself almost from you know, the scoreboard, because it can be mentally draining to, to look at a scoreboard and just, you know, cause lacrosse is like 13, 14, 15, sometimes 20 goals can get pinned on you in a game. And that is just like super disheartening sometimes. And it's, it's tough to recover. And if you don't have a short-term memory, I mean, you know, it can destroy the rest of your day, the rest of your week, the rest of your year. <laughs> that's, that's not an understatement either. And what, I, what I'm curious to know about is how do you get past, maybe it's just you personally, how do you get past those goals where you're like, all right, that one, that one was on me? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I would say, you know, someone once told me that, um, you know, you have to recognize the difference between somebody else being better than you and you, you messed up, you know, like... <laughs> So for me, it was once I once I was able to differentiate like, oh, I messed up. Then I'd be like, you know what? I messed up. We'll get them next time. 
you know, I, I know what I need to work on. You know, that is a weak point, whatever it, the mistake was, um, recognizing that, that there is a way to fix it through like practice and working hard, but, you know, also recognizing when someone is just really good, like, um, there's been shooters in college where no matter which goalie's in, you know, it's the shooters just a lot better. The shooter deserved that goal. You know, they worked harder than you during the game. They worked harder than the defense and they, they earned it. You know, that's what they're there for. That's the whole point of the game is for the attackers to score, you know? So kind of understanding that is, was a big part of my mental, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And it's, it's, it's something that I've honestly never really considered is they're supposed to train to be better than you are. And yeah. so, it, you know, it, which is a weird thought because you're both right. training to be better than the other person. But if you acknowledge that they are also training to beat you, they're supposed to be better than you. That's what happens. Yeah. And if you can, if you can acknowledge that, I can totally imagine making, getting scored on a lot easier. It's something that I actually did a lot of in training um, in college was, you know, we would play short-sided where you're probably going to, you're going to let up a bunch of goals where you're playing five on five and still playing full-size goals. And, you know, sometimes one of the forwards of the midfielders will just rip a shot top corner and I'll, I'll call him out. I'll be like, Hey, that was, that was a great shot. And I would have other teammates turn to me and say, why are you cheering him on? He just scored on you. Like he's my teammate and I'm going to, it was a good goal. What do you you want me to say? (laughs) He he did his job. I mean, that's how boring would sports be if the goalie saved everything. I mean, I'd never want to watch those games. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, you, you make you know, a good so you, point. Yeah, like, it'd be boring if the goalies had to save everything. I mean, I, I don't know, in soccer, like, I guess you guys are, like, a couple points. But, you know, for lacrosse, it'd, it'd be super boring to watch a 0-0 zero, zero game. So what you you're know? saying so what you're saying is every goal that's been scored on you is only because you felt it was too boring to that point. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but... Um, we'll go with that for now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that now. I feel like, uh, you know, you got to score goals, have people score goals on you, mix up the game. Just got to keep it, it interesting. Yeah, keep it interesting. So when you get to Penn State, before we even get to the lacrosse portion, what's your first impressions? I mean, for me, stepping onto UMass Lowell's campus, I immediately knew it was the right fit, but I was definitely a little overwhelmed because of that, you know, D1 shadow hanging over me. But is at the same time, I wasn't playing for this big Power 5 school like Penn State. Yeah, so, I mean, it it's kind of just like, I guess, encapsulating. I guess the environment, I mean, state college, which is where Penn state is, is just in the middle of Pennsylvania. There's almost nothing around it other than farms and, you know, other things like that. But, you know, it's just this small, tiny college town, the middle of nowhere, you know, you're basically like, you're basically just like a local, not celebrity because that'd be like too much because that's like the football players were local celebrities but I mean there was like this like air about it where you know you knew that like like I just knew going up to the campus and driving around campus you know and talking to everyone that like there was something special here you know what I mean there was something special about this environment where you know I hadn't I hadn't really known about the um all the Sandusky stuff before I went there. I totally forgot about that. And then people were like, Oh, the Penn state Sandusky. I'm like, honestly, like all that aside, like the school's amazing. The athletic program is just unmatched. The alumni network is 
insane. And just to be a part of that community and that environment was just something special. And, you know, taking lacrosse aside from that, you know, that's kind of what drew me there. You know, I was like, Hey, if, if something happens and I can never play lacrosse again, is this still a school where I'm going to fall in love with and I'm going to be happy at? And, and at the end of the day, that was kind of, I fell in love with the school, you know? And that's what you need to do, especially for any younger goalkeepers or anybody who's in high school that's looking at colleges and going through the recruitment process. The school is, is you're a student first, you're a student athlete, you're not an athlete student. And, and that's an important question that you need to ask yourself, whether you, whether you realize, you know, you're going to play all four years or you might drop out or not drop out, but um, you might uh, decide to step away from the sport is if I, if I didn't have soccer, I didn't have lacrosse, I didn't have hockey or, whatever sport you're playing, if I didn't have this, would I still enjoy being here? Because, you know, you're at practice for two, three hours a day, and then the rest of the time you're at school. And so you need exactly. to make sure that you're enjoying your time there. Yeah, it's it's super important. It's something that we stress to, you know, when we do recruiting and stuff, we stress that to the kids because there's, I mean, there is women's professional lacrosse, and it's great, it's awesome, but, like, it doesn't pay the bills you know, nearly enough because it's women's sports and even men's lacrosse doesn't pay the bills. Like I'll say even men's lacrosse doesn't pay the bills, you know, enough unless you have tons of sponsorships and things like that. But unless um, you're Paul Rabel, that's about it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, you need to be happy with, with going there and, you know, being a student and then an athlete, because at the end of the day, after four years, there's a really good chance you're not playing your sport again, you know, so you got to be happy with where you end up. How many goalies were on the roster when you got there? So when I got there, it was me and a senior, um, which is always tough to compete with. And then my sophomore year, a freshman came in and then um, we were, it was just us, my junior year. And then my senior year, there were three of us. So there were me the ju- uh, yeah, so my senior year is me, the junior, and the freshman. Um, so that was that was fun. That was super fun. I I don't know. It was different. I never really played with other goalies on my team in Florida. You know, it was always usually just me, and just because it wasn't as big down there, so I never really knew what it was like to play with other goalkeepers and compete for the position and things like that which was definitely a wake-up call, but it, it ended up being really fun and a great learning experience. How did you get over that? So um, I think there was like a time period where probably my sophomore year when it was me and Lucy was the other goalie, um, you know, me and Lucy were just like battling it out. It was competitive and practices were competitive. And then just one day we were just like, started being like super friendly with each other in fall and like it's always weird when the freshmen come in you know and you're mm-hmm. like you don't you gotta it takes a little while for them to warm up to you but um I don't we just clicked as friends and like it was just once we kind of like once I stopped being like oh I need to compete I need to compete I need to compete I need to like crush your other goalie blah, blah 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 and was just like happy to be there and happy to have a competitor and happy to just kind of you know duke it out it just became like we were just friends and and 
it's way more fun to compete with your friends than it is to compete with enemies. That's for sure. So I guess just, you know, enjoying your teammates company, kind of our mentality switched from like competing to just being like a unit, you know? So we were just like this, we tried to be this just like super meshed unit that was just like, it was the G squad and, you know, the G squad against the world, basically, you know, that's, that was like our mentality. So it it was definitely fun though. From a personal standpoint and anyone who's listened to the podcast knows this, you know, my freshman season was incredibly difficult for a lot of reasons, but I knew, I knew that I didn't want to transfer you yourself. You told me that you considered transferring after your sophomore season, but decided to stay. What went into that thought process and that ultimate decision to, to stay put? Yeah, I mean, like, my dad had always brought up, you know, it wasn't, it was never anything that we, when we discussed it, it was like, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna transfer, I'm gonna look, you know, I never even looked at other schools, but it was definitely like, I do remember a couple times where where it was a topic where it was like, hey, like, you know, serious question, would you transfer? Like, you know, you don't, you're not playing here, and you know, it doesn't look like you're going to be a consistent starter. So, you know, do, do you want to transfer? Is that something you want to do? And I had my club coach call me and she was like, hey, Maddie, like, you know, just checking in on you. I see, you know, you're having a uh, – heard you have, like, kind of a tough time. You know, if you want, I can reach out. And I'm like, no, 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 that's okay. But, I mean, there were a couple times where I was like, you know, should I transfer? Should I transfer? And – um you know, a lot, there were also times where, you know, I was like, you know what, maybe I should transfer because, you know, I have a full ride and that's eating up a lot of the scholarship money. And you know what, if, if I left, then, you know, maybe there'd be more money for the rest of the team, for the freshmen, whatever, they could use it somewhere else. And then I was like, got selfish and was like, no, you, for whatever reason, you know, you earn the scholarship, take it, run with it. You'd be stupid to leave a big 10 school and to just leave this amazing community that, I, you know, that is Penn State. And I, I didn't want to leave my class. I didn't want to leave my friends. Um, you know, it was that part that we were talking about earlier. That I just didn't want to leave Penn State. It was just too amazing to not stay. And I think that's why it's important to choose a school that you absolutely love. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, I wasn't playing, but I absolutely would not trade my Penn State experience for anything else. I, I had the exact same experience. I mean, I had teammates come up to me and be like, "Hey, you know, or you do you think you're gonna, you know, the, the end of the, the end of the the fall season? Like, hey, do you think you're gonna transfer?" And I'm like, "No, I love it here. Why would I leave? Yeah. I, I, I love you guys. Why would I? Just because I'm not playing doesn't mean it sucks. You know, I mean, yeah, this is which this is, is great. Yeah, it's really easy to see from the outside looking in how it might look like it sucks, but I mean, you mentioned you you had a full ride, but you're not you're not the starter. Just I mean, talk to me about that mental battle because it can't be an easy thing to process. No, I mean it's definitely not, and I think like you know I don't I don't know why or what or whatever. You know, I've never really sat down and talked to my coach um, about it, which I guess like I could now, being mature and everything, um, have that conversation, but. I just, uh, you know, freshman year was tough. Freshman year was like a hit in the gut, right? Like you get in like full ride, like blah, 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 blah. I mean, freshman year we went to the final four, 
right? We went to the Final Four and got destroyed by Maryland in that one second. Did like, you know, looking back at it now, I never should have gone into that Final Four game, like the semifinal game. That would have been a horrible, like, I probably was not ready at all, you know, but the whole time you're sitting there on the sideline, like, what, what am I going to get subbed in? What am I going to get subbed in? Because with lacrosse, the goalies get subbed in a little bit more often. Um, and I was like, what, what am I going to go in? She's getting rocked right now. Like, our defense is just change something. We need to change a pace. Like, th- she's got to she's gotta put me in. She's got to put me in. You know, and, and then, you know, that's a kick in the gut, too. When you lose by – I think we lost by – it's like 20 to 10 in a Final Four game um, at the Division One level. It's just – it was crazy. But, um, you know, you have parents coming up to you after the game. Oh, you should have you should have gone in. You should have gone in. I'm just like, that's not helping. Please stop. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know how it is. But, um, yeah, it's definitely like freshman year was a kick in the gut. Sophomore year was, okay, you know, I, I kind of have to battle for this. I kind of have to put a little bit more into it. And then junior year was a consistency issue, I guess. Uh, it wasn't consistent enough in practice. And so it wasn't reliable for a game. Um, and then, you know, senior year, I knew that was that was something that I had to work on, consistency. You know, I try to be as consistent as possible. We'd keep stats and things like that. You know, and we ha- we'd gotten a new goalie coach my senior year. Um, so I was definitely doing better. But the freshman came in, and she's just – She's so good. Um, she's on the Torton watch list, which is – I don't know if you know what the yep, Torton the is. the best player – best lacrosse player in the country. Yeah. So, I mean, she was on the Torton watch list her sophomore year. Like, you know, she's good. She's, you know, amazing. And so, competing with that, that's tough. Competing with the kids coming in, that's tough. Um, so, just kind of like senior year was kind of like, you know, I embraced it. You know, I didn't know what my role was going to be. But you know what? Whatever it was going to be, I was going to embrace it and be the best at it. So, you know, being a mentor, kind of shifting my focus, um, you know, I just tried to embrace that and, and, you know, improve while I was doing that and try and be the best I could be because you got to just be the best, like, so that your team can be the best. And the better you are, the better your tactics are. Um, but it was definitely a maturing process and there was a lot of uh, humbling moments in my collegiate career for, for one, that's, that's probably, you know, the big thing I learned is just how to be humble. And you know what, sometimes whether you're the best or not, you're not going to be, you know, the star of the show and that's okay. Cause behind the scenes is sometimes just as important. We talked beforehand, and, and you mentioned that, you know, your senior, you told me that you got to mentor the starter. And I wanted to point that out because a lot of backup goalies wouldn't say they – they wouldn't see that as an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why was it why was it so enjoyable for you to be on this team, not playing, and still being able to share your wisdom and what you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, part of the reason was just because – you know, I'd gone through such a mental battle my freshman and sophomore year of just like, you know, constantly just being my own worst enemy and, and kind of being able to learn from that. I think being able to relay what I learned um, to that freshman and being able to just kind of like kind of help her out and just be a mentor was like really 
I don't know, it was just, like, an opportunity for me to kind of, like, not waste, like, my time at school or not waste, like, any knowledge or any wisdom that I kind of gained from from going through that, like, mental toughness battle. Um, and just, like, I don't know. It's uh, Some goalies are definitely need a little bit almost like a therapist on the sideline. Some goalies don't. Some goalies just need someone to yell at. You know, and just kind of like being that for my teammates and for the starting goalie was just kind of the way that I could be the best. Um, I don't know. It was like a way that I could offer my skills. It was a way that I could help the team in the best way I knew how, you know, to just be a mentor and, and be there for her and, you know be a mentor for the other goalie too, you know, just be someone that they could come and talk to and, you know, put aside my, not career, but my playing um, opinions and things on my own skill, put that aside and just kind of be there for my teammates, you know? Absolutely. And that's, you've said it a bunch of times and it's, and it's a hundred percent right. You know, you need to you need to embrace your role, whatever role you're given, whether that be the one you expected coming into college or the one that, that your coaches give you because your coaches, they recruited you for, for a reason. It might not be the reason that you're there, um, but they, they see that you have value to the team and that's why you're there. Whether you accept it or not is, is the big difference. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, like you were saying in your first episode, it's where a lot of people fall short and it's where a lot of people – kind of drop out or transfer and, and, you know, they don't understand that, you know, I don't know. It, at the end of the, at the end of the day, lacrosse is just a game and, you know, whether I'm playing or not, it doesn't really matter because the community that it's given me is just so beyond anything that um, I could have gained from playing. You know what I mean? I mean, the community that I've built through lacrosse is just, insane and it's it's crazy whether I played or not it's it's given me so much and you know it's given me a degree so how can I you know be upset about that I I mentioned it earlier but it's shifting gears just a little bit how how have you seen the shift in focus not just on on women's professional sports but women's collegiate sports over the last couple years I mean we could talk about the incredibly unfortunate moments like the NCAA women's basketball bubble fiasco but what what progress would you say you've seen and what still needs to be done to advance not just women's lacrosse but enhancing the spotlight on women's athletics as a whole yeah I mean I think I mean just in this past year I think we we've kind of like made a huge leap of getting coverage um just getting coverage for games and events and sports and and getting coverage for all of these things is just super huge I mean as a network you have to make money but like at the same time like you know you gotta you gotta show women's sports I mean there's female athletes out there you've gotta televise those um I think we've been fortunate enough to have an increase in coverage it's still not enough uh, but an increase in coverage is amazing um just kind of supporting women's sports, um, whether it's just like, it's not even like, you know, giving money to sports. It's just, 
you know, watching a women's golf tournament when it's on, watching the women's, you know, final four of any sport when it's on, you know, I mean, even just look at the softball um, world series this week, I think it was like this weekend, you know, they, they didn't even have it in a big enough stadium to host as many people that wanted to come. It wasn't televised the way it should have been televised. It's this, this major huge event that has always been something that's been growing, you know, so fast over the past couple of years is still not getting, you know, the attention that it deserved. And, you know, you look at, like, these female athletes and, I don't know, I think some of them are just as better, if not better than uh, better than some of these male athletes. You know, I think women have to fight a little bit harder. And, um, yeah, but I, I think it's getting better. Still a lot needs to be done, but, yeah. Maddie, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today and uh, nothing but uh... – Nothing but the best in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Guys, this has been, once again, another episode of Just for Keeps. Thank you so much again to Maddie Cunningham for coming on the podcast. This has been the podcast all about goalkeepers. I have been your host, Carter Hockman. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps. 